Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 993. When you see, is there vision? When you hear, do you listen? And when you speak, is there wisdom? This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mel Craig. Hey, Mel, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, I am. It's not about the uh, destination. It's about the journey. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It'll be fun. Mel Craig is the founder and president of HB Detailing Pros in Huntington Beach, California. He's been in the car care business for over 40 years, owning numerous types of auto detailing companies. He also has facilities throughout the USA, Australia, and several other countries around the world. Born and raised in Southern California, just like me, we had a nice little chat in our pre-show chat. His passion and lifestyle revolves around two things. His love for surfing, oh Mel, how I miss surfing, and the classic car industry. And you'll also find him either at the beach and probably in his 1965 Ford Falcon. His specialty is high-end paint correction, and he often travels, speaks to, and trains others in the art of paint correction, defect correction, and the foundations of car care. Mel recently launched his brand new car care product line called Car Smart Products. I can't learn. wait to learn about those. So Mel, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion for making automobiles look really nice? Well, thanks, Mark. Yeah, I mean, God, I want to meet that guy you just uh, introduced. <laughs> just look <laughs> in the mirror, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, very cool. It has been an amazing career, you know, back in the day, starting as early as 1980. When I got out of the Army, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but they paid for my college and decided to pursue a career in the business world. And within the first six months of doing that, getting out of college, I, I realized it wasn't for me. And car care became the career of choice. I remember sitting with my dad and my big brother. My dad explained to my dad, I'm going to go back into detail. He says, you're kidding. You always <laughs> wanted to be a suit. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to wash cars for a living? And I said, dad, is that what you think? You know, you know it's funny, Mark, because back then we used to have to explain to our customers oh, yeah. what the word detailing meant. Yep. They didn't know. They didn't understand what it was. They didn't understand anything about it. So we had to explain that. It has, it, he says, 40 years, 45 years of something that when I first started, I had no idea it was going to be a career. And now here it is. I'm 60 years old. I've lived, literally traveled to 16 different countries and wow. teaching and training and speaking on the art of how to make cars look good. Yeah. It has been an amazing career. And I've been fortunate to meet some of the best in the industry. And I've actually created a lot of great professional detailers that are out there today. I know you well. have. Yeah, I know you have. And I, I'll tell our listeners that uh, Mel grew up in uh, North County, San Diego. I grew up in San Diego County. We probably shared some waves together because we're ex- the exact. <laughs> didn't, yeah. didn't even know it. Yeah. Um, hopefully I didn't ever cut you off or you never cut me off. But, um, you know, and we both were detailing young because I started my detailing career back in the 70s. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot in common, which I think is pretty cool. But you're right. Uh, the industry has radically changed. But It seems like you know everybody, and everybody knows you, and I feel like I know you, and we've never even met, but I follow you on Facebook, (laughs) and 
you're like everywhere. I mean, you're just having so much fun. I've got to come down and uh, borrow a board from you, and you can take me out and reteach me how to surf. Yeah. That sounds like something fun. Oh, well, yeah. Well, it's simple. I just put you on a nine-foot longboard, and you'll have a blast. There you go. There you go. Well, as we continue on your journey, Mel, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has some meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires or the orbital wheel spinning or the pad spinning here on Cars, yeah? So, Mel, take the wheel. Well, I tell you, you know, you're, you're addressing me with something very close and near to me. And I have my own quote, and it goes as simple as this. When you see, is there vision? When you hear, do you listen? And when you speak, is there wisdom? And I'll tell you, the day that, that was uh, April 12th, 1989, I was sitting in the waiting room, waiting for the doctors to pull me into the uh, room where my wife was having my twin. Oh, wow. And that quote popped into my head, and it's something that I've used and trained and taught with for a lot of years now. People, once they, re- once they adhere to it, once they understand what that truly means, mm-hmm. uh, we could do a whole podcast show just on that quote right there. Yeah. Because it's always told, you know, Mel, you do a lot of talking, but how are you when you listen? Mm, yes. And it's important that I became a better man when my uh, wife at the time sat me down and said, you really need to listen to people. Mm. They have a lot to say and, and you'll learn a lot from them. And once I started doing that, that quote just became alive and full of energy. And, and it actually has helped me in my growth, in my career, in my personal life. And, and it's helped a lot of other people along the way as well. Well, you married a very wise woman. My wife taught me the very same thing. And I remember my mom used to tell me, and my listeners know this because I've said it before, there's a reason why you have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's true. And your quote, I love your quote, and it reminds me a lot of Stephen Covey's uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Habit oh, yeah. number five, listen first to understand, then speak to be understood. Uh, very similar concept, very but book. yeah, awesome book. But uh, your quote, I'm going to write that one down. That's a good one. I'll make sure it's on your show notes page on the Car Show website. Well, let's go back in time. You and I talked a lot about surfing there in in, in uh, Southern California and all the great beaches we used to go to together. But I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy? Oh, no, another great question, Mark. Yeah, I, I got that question. I could answer because I've been a car guy all my life, but I have to share this with you. You know, the car that I have right now, the 1965 Ford Falcon, I had a 1965 Ford Falcon in high school. Oh, there's a method of my madness here. So bear with me. I had a 1965 Ford Falcon in high school. And of course I think the beach boys and Jan and Dean, all these, all these guys that wrote songs about our surfing life. If you think back, they wrote an awful lot of songs about the cars that we drove. Yep. The car was a, it was a signature fingerprint for me. Everybody knew that car in high school and out of high school. They knew uh, surfboard wax, the surfing decals, my surf racks, my eight-track cassette player, you know. I mean, everything meant a lot to me. And uh, I ended up going to the Army, and so I sold the car to a great friend of mine. And I went in the Army, and my second full year in the Army, we were on our way to a Jethro Tull concert. And uh, you don't know what kind of condition we were in, but trust me, if you grew up where I grew up, you. So I was in Washington. I was stationed at Fort Lewis, and we were on our way to go see Jethro Tull. And we were cruising down Tacoma Boulevard, about ready to get on the freeway, headed to Seattle. And out of the peripheral vision, I saw a white car and a stripe. 
And of course, my 65 in high school was Wimbledon White with a black stripe. And sure enough, I look over and here's a Wimbledon White Ford, 1965 Ford Falcon with a black stripe. And I literally told the guy, stop the car. <laughs> no, what are you doing? I got to get out. I got to get out. <laughs> and I bought the car right on the spot. No way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was my second 1965 Ford Falcon. So take it to another step. I drove that through the army. I drove it home, drove it for a few years and sold it to another friend. And Few, quite a few years ago, again, I was at Donut Derelict. Oh, yeah. And some gal pulled in, and uh, as soon as she pulled into Donut Derelicts, I hit my friends on the shoulder. Hey, you guys, check out that Ford Falcon. I had one. I've had two of those. That thing is cool. And it was like in mint condition. So as she pulled in and found her parking spot, I went over to talk to her, and I looked down on the front seat, and what did I see? I don't know. A for sale sign. Oh, cool. <laughs> Sitting on the seat, and I said, are you selling this? And she said, yes. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> she goes, what? I said, I'll take it. Yeah. And the next day I owned it. Wow. <laughs> so wow. My buddy and I went and picked it up. So, you know, I was meant to have. Now, it wasn't a 289 that I really wanted. It wasn't even a 260. It's actually a, a 170. Oh, okay. But but it, it's numbers matching. I mean, it's a really nice car. And if you follow on Facebook, you see it's yep. going through a complete restoration. I, right now. Yeah. We're about a month a month away of having it finished. Very cool. But I, finding that car on that Saturday morning. It just almost like a voice of God saying, "Hey, Mel, you're supposed to be driving yep. a 1965 Ford Falcon. Ford Falcon. So I keep giving them to you, and you keep getting rid of them. Yeah, hold on to this one yes. for us. Stop it, so you fool! I, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not walking away from this one. It's going to be with me for life. So my daughter wants it. So she said, "Dad, when you're six feet under, I get the car." There you okay, go. Cool. Yeah, hand it down. That's a great story. Well. You bought that first one just 15 minutes from my house here because I know exactly South Tacoma Way is just right over the Narrows Bridge here. Of course, Fort Lewis, oh, yeah, okay. the local base, I <laughs> you know, is right there. The planes fly over all the time. So, oh, yeah. Well, what a great story. Yeah, for me, it was a 67 Carmagia. That was the car I was known for <laughs> in, in high school and car. college. Oh, yeah. And I had surf racks on it, of course. And uh, Yeah, the surfer. Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. It was a great fun car. Well. Let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down, Mel, and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way. These are wonderful learning lessons, especially for us entrepreneurs who have a roller coaster ride through life, that's for sure. So walk us through one of yours, share that with us, and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your life. For anybody listening, uh, I, I'd have to share this right off the bat. If you, if you decide to take that step, it's a big risk. It's not something to be taken lightly. Anybody who goes into business for themselves and decides they want to be an entrepreneur, it's something that really has to be thought through. And I tell people right off the bat, it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it <laughs> and there, there wouldn't be any money in it. Yeah, It's a very difficult thing. And for me, that's a very hard question to answer because I've had so many bumps in the road. Now, I'll go back to one okay. where in 2009, I'm about ready to, I'm, I've been writing a book and I'm going to be sharing this anyway. And in 2009, along with the rest of the world, uh, I took a bath. I mean, it, oh, it yeah. hit me very hard. Yep. That year, 2008, I, I sailed through 2007. I sailed through 2008. A very good friend of mine, Paul Weidler, who I'm sure you know, mm -hmm. Paul and I did a lot of stuff together. We really had a great thing going. And in 2009, when the economy took a big turn, so did we. Yeah. And uh, that year, I had made an investment. And if I would have not made that investment, I probably would have been able to pull through. But I invested some money into another company through some friends of mine that said, oh, Mel, you're going to be, you know, 
wealthy beyond your wealth. Oh, yeah. If you, do, you, know, the whole, <laughs> yep. you know how that story goes. Yeah. And it was an investment I was proud to make, and, and I had the money, so I did it. And in 2009, when the economy took a dump, so did I. Mm, and yeah. I, can, I can share with you, Mark, that it was, for any man, the toughest thing anybody could deal with yep. uh, to really literally lose everything that you have, everything that you own, and, and it's all gone, and you've worked so hard for it. It was very difficult for me in uh, you know November and December of 2009, the holiday season, uh, to the point where I felt like there's nothing left to live for. Yeah. And that's how bad it got. Yeah. You really push through if you have what I call, you know, I don't want to say any foul language, but I tell you, you got to have a set on you. If you don't find it somewhere, yeah. to dig yourself out of that situation, you can end up losing even more than just the material things that you've lost. Right. And that's not to be taken lightly. It's very, very tough out there. And I applaud anybody who gets into the business world, but I also want to, you know, let them know it's not easy. It's a tough road. And yeah. and I persevered. I pushed really hard and I, I'm not a quitter. And there's a gr another great friend of mine, Anthony Flamia, who uh, shared something with me in 2009. He said, you know, Mel, he said, Think about closing your doors and walking away from this and completely going in another direction. The message that you would send all of the people that look up to you. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you've been a trainer. You've been teaching. You've been motivating. You speak all over the world. You know, you show people how great it is to have a career in college care. Yeah. If you really work at it, you're going to have something special. And if you close the door, imagine how many people will look at that message and say, Oh my gosh, if he can't do it, how can we? <laughs> well, he didn't add any pressure to it, did he? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, anyway, he busts my balls all the time. He's a back east New York guy and yeah. really have a great friend. Yeah. But that was a message that he sent me and gave me an opportunity to really sit back and think, what can I do? Do I still have enough man? And I'm telling you, this, that's what it came down to. Do I still have enough man in me mm -hmm. to make that happen? Obviously, I did and pulled through and. I've got well, a very successful business. Yeah, the you career's know, taken off, and I love. Hopefully, that answered your question. Well, it did in a big way, and you know, and, and I appreciate you sharing a really, really most painful time in your life. It sounds like, and I've heard this from. Well, I've almost got a thousand shows here now, so I've heard that from so many people. Those years were so harsh and so difficult, and some people just did not see it coming. Some of them, for lack of anything, it just got the rug pulled out from under them, and went through horrific things and, and very personal, dig deep kind of things. And I think uh, for me, you know, you gave a, a, a nice little golden nugget there that you have to really step back and take a breath and look at your life and realize, okay, there is a way out of this hole. Maybe I'm digging in the wrong place. I need to crawl out of this hole and go dig over there. That's a great metaphor to, to put there. But I would ask you to just share one thing with our listeners. If they're facing a situation like this, no matter what happened, whether it's the economy or something happens personally or they get fired from their dream job and they don't even know why, whatever it might be, what's one thing you could offer them that they could walk away with that would help them move through that period in their life? Uh, that's easy. Don't give up. <laughs> yes. The race car motto. The simple. racer's motto. Yeah, just – yeah. Well, there's a saying, and we all know what the saying is when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yep. We're all, every single one of us at one time or another are going to face that wall of adversity. Yep. And, and we're going to, some of us are going to hit it harder than others. 
Yeah. And once you hit that wall, you got a choice and, and you have to make the decision how you're going to knock that thing down. Yep. It's a matter of just persevering and pushing and don't give up. I guess the best tip I can give everybody is don't try to do it alone. Uh, I was um, hoping you were going to go you, there. Yeah. Yeah, you need to turn around and you need to reach out for some advice. You need to reach out for help. You need to reach out for some guidance. Because at that time in your life, especially for me in 2009, I was making so many decisions based on emotions. Yeah. And that was just not, that's not the way to do it. Right. You know, I was such an emotional wreck that I was trying to decipher for myself which path to take. And my sister, my brother Larry, Anthony Flamia, Paul Weidler, Eric Walker. I mean, there was people in my life that helped me and, and guided me and encouraged me. And I started to, I started, at first I was a little embarrassed to ask and talk to people, but I started to get really comfortable with that. Yep. And it really did. Once I got comfortable and once I started getting out of the emotional state that I was in and got back into the business state I needed to be in, uh, it wasn't until then that things started to really turn around and uh, start to look up. It's very difficult, very difficult during those times to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. But all I can say is keep going down the tunnel because eventually you'll see it and you stick with it. Don't quit. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, so persevere. glad I'm so glad you took us Reach th- out for help. Yes, that is so important. I'm glad you went there because lots of times when people are in trouble, yeah, they're not humble enough to, to ask for help. They try to hide it. They they clam up. They stay in their own little world, and it just gets darker and darker. And you've got to reach out for help because, you know what, that's when you find out who your real friends are, your real supportive people are. And they are there. They will help you. They want to help. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, too, you know, for those people that are listening on this radio podcast show, it's important you understand that don't be embarrassed. Yes. None of those people are going to pay your bills. None of those people are going to, you know, make sure your kids are fed. So there's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just, hey, it it can happen. It happens to people all over the world from Mm -hmm. the extremely wealthy to the extreme poor. Yep. Yeah. You'll hit that wall and and just push through. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking us to a a really painful personal time. How about a Career aha moment. Is there a time when the headlights kind of came on and you made a pivot and went down a new path that turned out to be very successful? Well, yeah, another one. I've been I've done so many things in my career that that's uh, another one that's very difficult to handle. But I'll tell you, in 1995 or 96, you know, the years start to blend together, as you know, Mark. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. But I was introduced to a waterless car wash from a company called DWG International. I'm sure you know who they are, Fly Wash and Guard. Yep. Very good company, and I became friends with some of the people. In fact, I'm very good friends with Pat Stafford. I think she's the vice president of the company now. But, you know, they they turned me on to something that my brother and I, we weren't sure about. And they said, hey, we want to do some demos for you. We want to show you how it works. And and we kind of laughed, saying, God, their slogan back then was this little bottle, uh, an atomizer sprayer. You sprayed the the surface of the paint, and you wiped it off with a towel. uh, You wiped it off with a towel. We thought first words out of our mouth are you going to scratch all scratch, these products? Scratch, yeah. Uh-huh. It's going to mess them up. They had this emulsifier that was in the product. And, and from 1996 to about 2001, I dabbled in playing with that product quite a bit. By 2003, I was 100% waterless, starting, to the, starting in the process of formulating my own waterless products, which became a big hit, as you know. And, yeah. And I was a pioneer of waterless. I mean, a lot. I mean, in fact, in 2003, I was literally almost blackballed out of the industry because so many people were, all the pros were starting to get negative and write bad things mm, yeah. about Mel teaching how to scratch cars. And, <laughs> yeah. 
and look at what happened. Look at from that day till now, you know, I wish I could take credit for the, uh, that, but dry washing guard, they deserve all that. They, they're pioneers and mm-hmm. you know, my hats off to them for doing something great. My job was to take that and roll with it. Yep. And today, now it's, uh, we have all of our shops, all the detailing pros, licensees throughout the U.S. and other countries and hundreds and hundreds of other professional detailers I've taught. They use nothing but a waterless product. So the aha moment for me was turning into a, you know, the waterless guru and spreading yeah. that wealth. I think last year alone, the detailing pros and the detailing pros licensees saved the United States of America 70 million gallons of water. Yeah, that's, that's there's, something. There's, we're using waterless. And matter of fact, we're just finishing up a truck today that was mudded, and we did it all waterless, and we're doing a video on it. So it'll be a lot of fun to see that cool. you know, air out and yeah. see how that pops out. But, yeah, my aha moment, uh, waterless. Becoming a waterless guru and really pushing it through and leading the path for so many to follow and Look at how many waterless products are out there today. Oh, every yeah, every car manufacturer has them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. You maybe already touched on this. I always ask my guests for their first really special car, that first car that they bought that had great meaning for you. I think you might have already told the story. Or is there another car? No, there's another car. Oh, yeah, cool. My very first car. Yeah, my very first car was, I'll never forget it because you're going to laugh. I, I had $135 saved up. Okay. And my uncle called me and said, hey, we're going to sell your Ann Elmas 65 or 64 push-button Dodge Dart. Oh. And I said, oh, you are? And he says, yeah, we want 150 bucks for it. There you go. And I go, oh, wow, I'll, I'll take it, uncle. I'll take it. I'll take it. I had $135. So I went and met with my dad and said, hey, Uncle Dell is just selling his uh, uh, Ann Elmas Dodge Dart. He goes, yeah, I heard. Sounds like you're going to get it. He told me you're going to get it. I said, dad, I'm going to get it. He goes, well, let's go this weekend and pick it up. I said, oh, good, Dad, I knew you'd help me. I just need $15 more. Uh-oh. <laughs> and he says, oh, you, oh, you don't have enough money? I says, well, no, I don't. I, I mean, all I need is 15 bucks. Yeah. He goes, well, well, you better let him know you don't have the money. And I said, well, well Dad, can't you help me out? Lend me the 15 bucks. He said, no, it's your mom and I's money. You know, if I lend all, I had six brothers. And I didn't realize until years later, yeah. you know, five minutes before my other brother was walking in asking for 20. My of course. brother after me was asking for <laughs> Yeah. My dad goes, if I I was lending all you guys money, I'd be broke. But anyway, so he said, look, I'll tell you what, you come to the restaurant and work for a month. And uh, at the end of the month, I'll pay you $80. Okay. And uh, I was in high school. You know, I was a freshman in high school. I said, okay, I'll work work on weekends and at nights for my dad for a month. And okay, that, and he said, don't worry, I'll, I'll make sure the car doesn't get sold. I said, okay, great. That, that's the story there. I ended up uh, a <laughs> month later getting my eighty dollars, and and you got and, to buy. Uh, well, that was yeah. a wonderful lesson your dad uh, taught you there. You know, I mean, those are yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're painful at the time, but they're invaluable later on. Uh, learning lessons for learning the value of making a buck. How about seller's remorse? And again, you kind of gave up the ghost on this one too, when you let those the couple sixty fives go. But are those your seller's remorse stories, or is there another one? No, I would say I had a uh, nineteen. 64 ragtop Volkswagen pullback ragtop oh. pull rag. Yeah. My brother and I both carried that out and spent a lot of time restoring it. And I didn't realize what I had. I really didn't. Yeah. I bought it for like, uh, I actually traded an underwater camera for it. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You know, as a surfer and my brother had given me an underwater camera and I had kind of worked my way out of that and was doing other things. Anyway, uh, I, so I traded the camera for the car and and we restored it. it. Took about a year, a year and a half mm-hmm. to make it what we wanted. That thing was cool, like, yeah, unbelievably cool. <laughs> 
it's a bummer because I look back and it was, it was probably out of all the cars I've owned next to the 65 Ford Falcon I'm driving now. It, it was hands down one of the nicest cars I've ever had. And, and I'm really bummed. I look back and I think the, the value of that car wasn't just about the money and it wouldn't be about the money right now. Yeah. It was that cool of a car. Yeah. Very uh, yeah, cool. Throw, you know, it's, it, I think about that a lot. I think about what, what that meant to me as a, uh, as a surf mobile, you know, sure. We'll have that. Big, classic, classic Southern California. Well, I, I had a 12-string Gretsch guitar that was owned by Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, and I sold that to buy my Carmen Ghia. So sometimes I wish I had that 12-string back. But, you know, at the time, car was more important to me. So I had other yeah. guitars, but, uh, yeah, very cool. Well, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about Car Smart Products, this new product that you developed, new product line, uh, and what has you excited and fired up this year? Don't get me started, Mark. <laughs> we better get ready for another show then. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Car smart products, yeah. For my entire industry, and, and this comes back all around to the waterless thing, there's a lot of times I I train these guys. They, they'll spend $3,000 to spend a week with me and learn how to become a detailer. Now, I, it's a brick-and-mortar school, soup to nuts. I mean, how do you get a customer? How do you keep a customer? How do you handle QuickBooks? How do you handle permits? and injury? I mean, everything they need to know about getting started in their auto detailing business. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they complete that course, I give them a certification in three different areas. So they move on in life. And they'll, they'll spend another three or four or 5000 on tools and equipment and supplies. These past several years, I've been working with a lot of people in military, a lot of people that are handicapped, a lot of people that are struggling in the business world. And that means they're also struggling financially. They can't afford to go to a $3,000 school and buy another three, $4,000 worth of product. Mm-hmm. Uh, CarSmart Products is designed for the do-it-yourselfer who wants to take the confusion out of car care. Like if you walk into an AutoZone or a Pet oh, Boys, it's overwhelming. Or O'Reilly's, Paul Weiler and I did some market studies back in the day where we would actually go in, meet the managers, tell them who we are, and then we'd sit there and watch people walk in and out of the store and ask them questions. And mm-hmm. people would walk up to the counter. They'd, two customers would walk in. One customer, let's say called customer A, walk into uh, an auto parts store, and they're usually going for a reason. I'm going to go get a can of oil, whatever it is. Yeah. But when they walk in the door, that very first aisle that it's the very first aisle in every single auto parts store is the car care aisle. Yep. And it's all colorful and beautiful. So they'll usually walk up to that aisle first. They'll look at a few things, pick up a few bottles. And then when I see them walk into the regular part of the store, I let it go. It's the consumer that walked up to that wall when walking from the outside into the store. They would walk up to the wall confusion, look at a few things, set everything down, and then walk out the door. Yeah. I'd go meet them in the parking lot and ask them, hey, I saw you walk up to the car care aisle. You saw, you looked at a few things, you read a few things. Why didn't you purchase something? And their same exact answer came out of 99% of their mouths where it's just too confusing. I don't get it. Yep. All I want to do is go take care of my car. Car Smart Products is designed specifically to take the confusion out of car care. The name of the product is simple. Each product is named so you know exactly what it does. There's not all kinds of fancy mumbo jumbo and marketing and colorful things. It's just, here's what you do. Here's how you do it. And here's why you do it. And here's the results you're going to end up with. Uh, we're actually starting a nationwide seminar program. My first uh, seminar is in Las Vegas next month, Texas, right after that. I'm going to be traveling all around the U.S. Wow. putting on these seminars. And I'm teaching the do-it-yourselfer, the weekend warrior, how to maintain and keep your car looking great. You know, that's, nice. that's the whole premise yeah. behind it. Now, along with that, 
those five or six products that I'm going to have, and I'm never going to grow any bigger than that. It's designed specifically to help, obviously, maintain or take care of your own personal car. But, hey, if you want to go make 50, 75, 100, 150 bucks, I'm going to show you how to do that in that seminar. Nice. You go work an hour or two, and you got some cash in your pocket. Yeah. College students, handicapped people, people that are discriminated against. We know it's out there for whatever reason. This gives them an opportunity to get into a business, become an entrepreneur, and have a chance to make some income. Nice. And not have to have an education or a, a background to do it. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to go through an expensive auto detailing class to learn how to make yeah. a car look good. Oh, wonderful. This is such a cool thing. Are you familiar with a book that came out back in 04 by Barry Schwartz called The Paradox of Choice? No. It's a wonderful book that talks exactly about what you're experiencing there. And I read it back in 04 because I came from a marketing background. Uh, first 11 years of my life was in marketing and advertising and so forth. And basically, Barry Schwartz talks about if you give consumers too many choices, they don't make a decision. Oh, yeah. And it's exactly what you just said. So you might pick up that book. I think you might glean a few things. It's still the same Paradox today. Paradox of Choice. I Paradox it. of Choice, Barry Schwartz. I'll make sure I put that on Mel's show notes page. Very cool. Well, we wish you the best success. I love what you're doing. The whole concept of it is very cool. Here's a very introspective question for you, Mel. If Mel was a car, what kind of car would Mel be and why? Well, I'd have to say my 1965 Ford <laughs> Falcon. It's, it's a classic. Yeah. It's not all modified out. Pretty much everything that came off the car from original manufacturer is back on the car. Uh-huh. I'm a classic. and uh, <laughs> I a think so. Surfer. Yeah. I'm a classic car guy. I think it'd be a... A nice, my 1965 Ford Falcon, because it's a classic, and I refer to myself as a classic man. There I'm you go. I'm a longboarder, always have been. Had my fair share of waves on shortboards. Even back when in the 70s, when all my friends were making the conversions of shortboards, and all through the 80s, yeah. everybody's riding shortboards and getting into it. I was one of the few guys that was on a longboard all the time, and yeah. they were making fun of me. Oh, like, now <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because I've always been a classic. I love the classic. You know, it's, I see these guys today surfing, and they're doing all these acrobatic flying out of the waves, and I like it. It's cool, I guess, but I surf because I want to surf with my friends. I yeah. surf because it's healthy. I surf because it's my lifestyle. Yeah. I'm one with the water. I love to be in the water. I love to catch a few waves and just... It's me, the board, and the wave. You there know, you that's go. That's how it is. And it's the classic old school lifestyle of surfing. So There you go. I love I've it. I've never been asked a question like that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Something new and different. Well, Mel, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners. This is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 19. 19- 75. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt, and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. 
What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Mel, we're back and we're entering what I call the last lap, kind of the lightning round. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, Barry McGuire telling me don't change my 1965 to a 289, keep it a straight six. <laughs> Thank you, Barry McGuire. He's a past guest here on Car Yeah, I've known Barry for decades. Now, would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes? The ability to teach. Yes. Uh, give back. I, you know, that is yeah, so important. Yeah. That's a key factor in being happy in life. I am convinced that when you start giving back is when you start getting really happy and eventually things start coming back to you. So important. Yeah, if you, if you give for the gift to give again, yep. you're in the right place. Absolutely. I know you're there, Mel. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of cool resources these days, but is there one that you'd like to share with our listeners? Pick up the phone and make a phone call to Mel. I'm there. My doors are always open. Uh, <laughs> there you, know, you go. I really find that there's nothing that I have to charge anybody for. It's not about that. It's just I love when people pick up the phone, call me, because I really want to make sure they get the right answer or we can point them in the right direction. Very nice. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I would say Bruce Morrison. Oh, why Bruce Morrison? He's built a business. Uh, he's he's the fruit on my tree. Okay. Um, He's done a lot in the automotive industry, and he's persevered through a lot of the same things I've persevered through. And mm -hmm. and uh, I've already had that time with him. I've been able to sit and have a beer with him or a couple of beers with him. He's actually spent the night at my house a few times. And he's just a, a man of wisdom and insight and really knows a lot of stuff. Nice. Very nice. That's how that be. Well, you're lucky you've had that time with him. Now, how about a book? I know I mentioned that book, The Paradox of Choice, which I hope everybody reads out there that has any involvement with marketing and, and selling products, but is there a book that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, there's two. First one I'm going to say, I'm not going to highlight them, but uh, The Greatest Salesman by Ogman, published <laughs> in 1968. Uh -huh. That's a book that I think anybody who's going to be in the uh, entrepreneurial world or, or selling or marketing a business, read that book. But my book of choice that I push on to a lot of people is Dancing with Porcupines. Dances with and, Porcupines. Uh, book, yeah. That's a book on the four social styles, the uh, amiable, the analytical, the expressive, and the driver. Uh, and I think if you read that book, if you understand that book and you understand what it's trying to teach you is that when you meet somebody, you'll, 
very quickly find out what their social style is. Mm. You need to be able to relate to people on their level and their social style. And that book teaches you how to do it. Another great book along those lines with the five love languages. Ah, yes. Um, Another great book. These are books that really have helped me relate with my consumer, my client, my customer, friends, family, you know, wives, whatever it is. I think are a must read because I don't think any of us really have a grasp on the social styles. And if you understand what a social style is, and if you read this book, it'll teach you, man, it really is exciting to know that you can actually relate to somebody by adjusting your social style to fit theirs. Yes. I'm what they call an expressive driver. And and Mark, I'm all over the place. I mean, I bounce like crazy. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, the, I'm the guy that walks up to the check stand at 7-Eleven and starts buying all the impulse stuff at the counter. I'll take those or one of these. Yeah. You know. Shiny. Yeah. Squirrel, it, squirrel. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. But anyways, and so when I talk to people, a lot of times, if I'm not careful, I'm so out there. I'm so uh, excited about life. But if I talk to an analytical and amiable, they're like, oh, whoa, back up. Yeah, baby. You're, you're overwhelming you're, me. You're too close. To, yeah, you're too close into my space. So. Yeah. Dancing with Porcupines. Yeah, Very great nice. Book. Five Love Languages, another great book. There you go. And well, The Greatest Salesman. Of course. Yeah, and that, that book was given to me years and years, decades ago when I started being oh. an account rep at an ad agency I worked at. I was a creative director, but I said, how do I make more money? And he said, bringing in clients. So two days a week, I put a suit on, and that's what I did, and that's the book he gave me. And yeah, great book. All right, that awesome. Was, yeah, it was back in the uh, late 70s. So yeah, cool. Well, listeners... You can find all these great resources on Mel Craig's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Mel Craig in the search bar. That page will pop up with all these cool links. All right, we're up to the checkered flag in this last question. It can be a real doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet today. doesn't matter what it is. Money is no object because I'm writing the check. What's it going to be and why? 64 Ragtop Volkswagen Bug. Oh, okay. Well, we went back to that bug, did we? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, That's for where car. for where you live and who you are, yeah, uh, it's I, a fit. Yeah, it's a fit. Yeah, and you know, thankfully, I know they've gotten a little more expensive, but at least you didn't say Ferrari GTO like so many people say. So <laughs> <laughs> you didn't break the bank today, so I appreciate that. Well, what color would you like yours to be? Uh, I'm going to say ice green, the way it was. Ooh, yeah. nice. Yeah, wonderful color. Ice cream with a black with a black canvas top. Yep. There you go. Very nice. Well, Mel, you have taken us on a great ride today, my friend. I knew we would, cruising down the coast highway, the sun going down here. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your yeah. journey with the Car Show well. listeners. Cool. Uh, would you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 64 VW ragtop? From the road to the water, nothing says lifestyle more. <laughs> there you go there's a sign for my garage to get me back down there to southern california and what's the best way for yeah, our, for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about what you're doing you know i have my personal facebook mel craig you can also check us out at uh, carsmartproducts.com and our website for the detailing pros.com follow along check out what we do and how we do it uh, it's a uh, an always evolving journey where yes. we're, we're never reaching where we want to go it, it just keeps going there you, you know, go. when you have a love and a, and a passion for the industry, it's, it's not something I'm trying to complete, you know. Yep. It's, it's yep. something I want to keep doing. There you go. Well, I can tell. Uh, and, and I got I would like to say this, Mark. It's guys like you. I have to say this because it's important for your listeners to know what you're doing and how you're doing it. It's a niche that you have found that is incredibly powerful. 
Oh, well, thank the, you. The amount of voices, the amount of voices that you speak to, the amount of people that you have on your show, and and what you're trying to accomplish, uh, you've accomplished it. And well, thanks. It, you're sharing so much wealth by going through others to help you make that message. And uh, my hats off to you, brother. It, it it really means a lot to me. Well, I'm humbled by your kind words. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, it's not possible without kind people, generous people like you. And you're my 993rd guest. I'm nearing in on a thousand here, and after that, we'll push towards the second thousand. But uh, I really appreciate your time and your thoughts. And listeners, again, you can find everything Mel's been so kind to share today on his show notes page. Reach out to this guy. Follow him on Facebook. He's a kind of guy that after you follow him for a while, you just feel like you've known him forever. He's just an awesome person. Mel, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again or we catch a wave together, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!